Greetings, cyberspace, and welcome to episode 251 of the Double Density Podcast with your host, Brian Angelo. Double Density is your home to tech tales and paranormal primers, but it's also your home to holiday cheer, Angelo. Welcome to December, listeners, friends, foes alike, anyone who's hate listening to us right now. Um, happy December. We've made it. Uh, last week, we kind of got real serious with it, right? Yeah, now it's going to get a little more goofy. And back to regularly scheduled double density hijinks. Exactly. So uh, goofy in the sense of like, we're not doing the goofy movie, even though I love it dearly. Goofy in the sense that we have the first installment of our series that we did last year, also uh, entitled Ho Ho Horror coming down the pipeline. But first, Angelo, you wanted to do a little bit of a tech section, and I wanted to kind of add to it. So I want you to talk to me about a trailer. Yeah, we weren't really planning on doing much of a tech segment because we've got our Ho Ho Horror Month planned out. But the trailer for the new Fallout series dropped coming out this April on Prime. And it looks pretty good because your friend and mine, Walton Goggins, is in it. <laughs> also Zach Cherry. But... I, I like him too. He's amazing in Severance. So, and, and I mean, Kyle McLaughlin, like, great people. And also Chris Parnell, I think. No, Ella Purnell. Is Chris Parnell also in it? Well, it, I thought he was the one-eyed guy, no? Oh, maybe that was Chris Parnell. But Ella Purnell is the main character. She is from Yellow Jackets, which is another excellent show. I don't know if you've watched that. Nothing to do with video games, though. Hold on, let me, I'm on Chris Parnell's IMDb. Yeah, he is on at least one episode. So that, that was probably him that you saw in the okay, trailer. Okay, yeah, yeah, that looked like him. Now yes. that thinking back. I just want to talk about how like it's an interesting couple of years. So I'm going to put it this way. like You and I both loved The Last of Us, season one. Excellent show. I actually watched all of Twisted Metal last week. Great show. Amazing show. Way better. Way than has better. Yeah. Yes. And you're right to be at We're all. We're about to say the exact same like, thing. Like I watched that and I was amazed at how much I actually found myself enjoying it, um, which wasn't the plan. Well, it has some really charismatic people yeah. in it, so that helps it a oh, lot. For sure. Yeah. No, it was it was surprisingly we've got good. Falcon. We've yeah. got Sandman. Exactly. We've got, got the, a detective from the Brooklyn Nine Nine. Yeah. We've got a wrestler. Yeah. You got Jason Manzoukas. All great in there. people. Yeah. No, I was so surprised at how much I enjoy that. So I'm like is this getting better? Like, are we getting better as a species in terms of like adapting um, <laughs> video games to like live action settings? Cause like, remember the nineties, I don't know if you ever watched like UPN, like remember if you had the, the, the bunny ears, you could pick it up, but they had like uh Mortal Kombat conquest. Do you remember that show no, at all? I, no, no. I, oh, you know what? I think that was in syndication, right? I think yes. I vaguely yeah. remember that. And then um, the only downside I think is the resident evil television show from Netflix. That was just not good. From that bombed hard, right? Yeah, it. Yeah, so I'm just trying to think. Also, Halo from was also an Amazon Prime thing, right? So no, Halo was on Paramount Plus. I watched it. It's fine. I watched Halo the first fine. episode. Yeah, I couldn't remember where you could find it in Canada, which was annoying. It's on Paramount Plus. Okay, it is a yeah. Paramount Plus original. We've come a long way from the Super Mario Brothers Super Show. Ah, but yeah, that's just, yeah, I guess so. But that was more the wraparounds, right? As an excuse yeah, that to was show just the, for kids to pad out the uh, the animated segments that they had. What's the first video game movie you remember watching? I want to say it's Super Mario Brothers, I think. Yeah, I think, like, uh, specifically adapted. Video game adjacent, I guess there was War Games and The Last Starfighter. Oh, true, yeah, but they were more, like, conceptual, right? Yes, they, they were video game adjacent. Oh, no, Tron, I know what it is. I mean, Tron, I guess. Uh, the first adjacent one I ever watched was The Wizard. Oh, that's true. Was that that was before Super yeah, Mario Yeah, it was 1889. Yeah, so it was where they did the big reveal for, for Mario Brothers Mario 3. 3. Yeah, so I remember that seeing that on television when I was very young and very impressionable. But by that time, 
uh, it had, like Super Mario uh, 3 had already come out, so I was kind of confused a bit about why it was such a big deal. Yeah, because when I watched it, it was not actually out yet. Do you okay? So switching gears, do you remember a couple of years ago there was a Frogger television show, like a game show? Do you remember this? No, is this a Mandela effect? Thing? No, this was on Peacock in the states. Okay, no. But basically, you had to get from one end of the stage to the other. Okay, yeah, that's that's really like stretching the video game idea, though. I mean, I guess so. Also, like, was where the world is coming San Diego like a, a video game first? Yes, it was. Yeah, that was okay. true. That's yeah. There we yeah. go. But that was a, that turned into a game show. Yeah, a, a long lot of fun for me too. Right. I mean, I grew up with that as a kid. Same. If it broached like our both our childhoods, like for me, it was at the end of grade six, early grade seven, where we were watching that. So I want to pick your brain. I pulled up a list of upcoming um, in production or theorized in production video game franchises that are about to be turned into probably live action things. So I'm going to name a couple. I want to pick your brain about this. Ready? Okay. Alan Wake. Like. Are, would you be excited by an Alloway TV show? Yes, of course. Yeah, pretty much. It's Twin Peaks. Exactly. <laughs> and the t- the video game is very TV-like in that, you know, every time you come back to it and start a new level, there's a whole previously on Alan Wake thing. Well, there you go, right? Uh, Assassin's Creed. That bombed hard, the movie, right? With yes. uh, Michael Fassbender? Yes. Also, the, the Prince of Persia movies, too, remember, with Jake Gyllenhaal did not do well? There was only one. And it did poorly. Yes. But I'm just saying, like, in, in theory, if it's a television show, do you think that would work better episodically? Yeah, I don't know. I don't know the premise of the actual movie. Was it just in the past? Was the whole animus stuff in there? I don't know how it worked. So, yeah, maybe, like, you can get a really good, weird story out of it because, uh, dude, like, the, the Assassin's Creed lore is deep and bizarre. Yeah, and also, like, multi-generational from what I understand, right? Yes, yeah. very much so. Uh, one that I would potentially be excited about in terms of it being episodic is Driver, the Driver series. We're, they sort of made a movie about that. Yes, yeah, <laughs> but <laughs> sort of. But uh, did you know that? Yeah, did you know Driver was based on a novel? I had no idea. Yeah, I found out about that recently. I had no idea either, so I'm going to go try and find a copy of it. But yeah, Driver I think would would lend itself well to an episodic format. When Driver came out early. I think it was an early PlayStation, PlayStation game. Yeah. Rob and I yeah. actually, Rob from Our Strange Guys and I were just talking about the Driver series uh, like a week or two ago. Well, a friend of mine and I were talking about how like we used to play Grand Theft Auto back then, the original, like the over the head one. Oh, of course, yeah. Like, over, and we were like, oh man, this game would be amazing if it was like Grand <laughs> Theft Auto. And a few years later, we exactly, got it. Exactly, yeah. Do you, did you ever play the 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 expansion the 1969 expansion yes i did i have it somewhere in that in my house i have the the discs yeah Yeah. final fantasy very tricky don't know where they would take that one i feel like they should uh put it in the future really spend a lot of money on it and have nothing to do with final fantasy (laughs) i feel like alec baldwin should be one of the voices maybe uh, right? Isn't Alec Baldwin one of the voices in yeah, Advent? Is, yeah. Was it Advent Children? Was that was yes. no? That's not it. No, no, no it Advent was, Children um, was something else. No, I'm going to screw it up. But yes, it was. Uh, God, it was. Uh, was it like the Spirits Within or something? Yes, Spir- the Spirits it was Within. Spirits Within. There we yeah. Go, yeah, it yeah. basically bankrupted uh, the movie arm of SquareSoft. Because I remember seeing that in theaters and being like one of like four people at like a Friday evening showing. I remember that explicitly. I remember watching it and thinking, this is kind of neat. And then thinking about it, like it basically was just sort of like the Phantom Menace, how like while I was watching it, I'm like, whoa, this is amazing. And then thinking about it, I'm like, this is not good. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Uh, Two more Mass Effect. 
Well, ooh, that's going to be rough because that is an amazing game with an amazing story. And, and also, like, I feel like, okay, and like, I'm not, how can I put this nicely? I feel like there is potential for it, but I also feel like that some of that space might be encumbered by a Warhammer 40K, which is coming up. Yeah, it's it's quite different, I guess, but maybe not. I just meant, like, I feel like if it were to be turned into a stylized television show, I feel like there would be a little bit of that going on. Yeah, I understand where you're coming from. And finally, System Shock. Did oh, you play System Shock? Not really. I, pl- I played its spiritual successor, Bioshock. Oh, yeah. Well, there you go. Right. <laughs> Similar. We're in a good place with how video game adaptations are being produced now because it seems like the people producing them are actually interested. And as was the case with The Last of Us, the game's creator was part of it. And this is the case for Fallout as well. We're living in a golden age. That's the whole point I wanted to bring up is like, we're kind of living in a golden age of this, right? So, you know, like uh, thinking about, you know, watching Super Mario in the 90s uh, in the movie too, to like what we have now, which are much more faithful adaptations. Like we're kind of living in a golden age of IPs being developed in a proper way, especially for, for video game stuff. So I'm going to ask you, Angela, if there was one franchise or if there's one video game that you think deserves the television treatment, what would it be? I want to say Metroid, but that would be so hard to do. I think it would almost have to be animated or like an anime, like an anime rendition of Metroid would be super cool looking. Yeah, maybe. I've got two. And, uh, I got two for you. You've got two. Okay. So uh, Stardew Valley. <laughs> uh, that would be amazing, actually, if it was a reality show. Yeah, maybe. Um, and then secondly, so firstly, uh, do you remember the the PlayStation game Intelligence Cube? Cube with the Q. No, I do not okay, know that. Would be, You're like so, deep cuts, Brian. So basically what it is, is like you line up and you have like blocks coming at you. So that would be my video game rendition, right? I feel like okay. that would be really fun to do. Um, so that's my first idea. I want to hear about an actual first idea from you. And then I'll give you my second one. Well, what do you mean? Like I had, I said Metroid. Yes, but I'm talking about like an actual live, because we agreed the other one was animated. So I just want to think about like, what would you do? So something live action um hey gran turismo no they already made a movie out of that <laughs> i have yet to watch it it uh hey, i apparently I, is i'm good. intrigued yeah i mean i like i like motorsport it's the only sports i watch yeah and i love gran turismo i don't see how i wouldn't like it but also again i'm i'm very easy to please right i was Brian? gonna say like between the two of us like you well as evidenced later on by when we're gonna talk about jack frost definitely but uh yeah my other one actually would be metal gear solid Oh yeah, as like a series of of mini series almost. Would uh, Kiefer Sutherland play Snake? <laughs> I don't think he has the bones for it, my friend. Well, I mean, yeah, because I mean, he it's his voice, right? Yes. In Metal Gear Solid yeah, Five, yeah. but but it. But what I'm saying is that because of, there's all these offshoots and like different um, permutations and things like that, right? Um, I feel like it would be quite fun to sort of have different seasons in different settings. I mean, look, should they give other movies they've tried already another try, like Street Fighter or Double Dragon? Remember Double Dragon oh, Double with Dragon's Alyssa bad. Milano? Yeah, with Alyssa Milano and... Uh, uh, the guy uh, from Iron Chef. And Scott Wolf, right, from Party yeah, Five? That, yeah, that's weird. And who? And the T-1000 was the bad guy. Oh, yeah. Huh. yeah. I bury that bit of Robert Patrick Lord in my head, in the back of my head, but it comes up every once in a while, so... I just, I just thought of something, but they're, they're actually already making it. But um, Horizon, the Horizon games. Oh, yeah. Right? Like, yeah. yeah they're, they're, they're already in the works, though, because that has a, some really good lore as well. Uh, look, Dark Souls, right? We can go Dark Souls or Bloodborne. Uh, there's, a, there's apparently a God. Yeah, there is apparently a God of War um, show being dreamed up. So I'm very interested in seeing how Kratos turns out into a fully rendered regular person. Well, it'll be The Rock. 
<laughs> no, he'll be too busy running for president next year, apparently, right? So you think, yeah, you think he's I don't know, man. I just, uh, it seems like I was watching a video about this, and I actually kind of agree that like the more acting the rock gets down, the worse he's become. He's become less instinctual in how he approaches roles, and I actually agree with that. Uh, that's true. Well, Brian, do you think he'd be good as Jack Frost if they do a remake of that? Oh, well, we could talk about it in a sec because there's so many uh, Jack Frost offshoots. But before I forget, I want to know, is anyone excited about 2024, you know, video game adaptations? Are there any video game adaptations that you particularly loved or loathe? Or we'd love to hear your ideal idea of what a great adaptation would look like. So you can email us at double density podcast at gmail.com. You can also hit us up on the health site, double underscore density, as well as on Instagram at double density podcast. And Angelo, finally, where else could people reach out to us about their video game adaptation ideas? On double density.net, there's a form you could fill out. And I was just thinking, can you uh, like fathom how many resident evil movies Mila Jovovich made? Six, I think, right? With her, yeah, with her, with her husband, right? Yeah. Paul W. Bowl, yeah. Who also, and, oh, speaking no, of it wasn't Uwe Bowl. It, was, it wasn't Uwe Bowl. No? It was Paul W.S. Oh, Anderson, right, sorry. The husband. guy who uh, created Alien vs. Predator. How did I forget about that? Yeah, not Paul Thomas Anderson. No, no, no. He's a different one. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Two very different directors. No, sorry, I was thinking of Uwe Bowl because I was thinking about Postal before. Did you ever watch this adaptation of well, Postal? Well, he, he used to do video yeah, Alone in the movies, Dark. Right? Postal, Alone in the Dark. He did uh, Blood Rain. Yeah. yeah, yeah, all awful. In all specific ways. Um, I do. I think the the postal adaptation was the least of the worst for movie bowl, and I remember seeing that in movie theaters actually. So um, I was listening to the podcast where no one has anything really bad to say about Uwe Bowl. Apparently, he's actually a, a nice guy. Yeah, he also got into the ring with one of his critics, like the boxing yeah, ring. That, yeah, but like he was never mean about it. From no, what I understand, no, no, no. I think and he kind of knew a, it was a wonderful director, like in terms of being nice to his cast. He also had like a certain workmanlike quality to his work. Like it gets done. Right. Oh, yeah, he doesn't care about video games, right? Like yeah, the only yeah. reason he did that stuff is that it was easy to do, easy to finance, and he got tax credits. Yeah, and easy to finance. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Speaking of movies, Angela, though, like I feel like we're just swirling around the topic. Let's head on over to the paranormal side of things to start our first installment of 2023's Ho Ho Horror. Angelo, this year we're doing all manner of Christmas creatures, and you'll see what we're talking about as the weeks continue. But firstly, I want to talk about a movie that you really cared about a lot, which is Jack Frost, right? Like one of your favorite holiday films. Watched it with the kids. It was really great. I liked seeing Michael Keaton in this type of role. It was really heartwarming. How I mean he wasn't he was sort of a deadbeat dad, like giving up on his like not going to see his kids stuff by being a musician chasing the dream, but uh, and then he uh, he thought about it. He felt really bad, borrowed a friend's car, and promptly died in a car accident and came back to life as the titular Jack Frost. Heartwarming. I don't understand how this is a horror movie, though. I mean, it's horrific that he died and came back as like a a weird snowman monster. Did you, but did you watch the wrong Jack Frost? I think you might have watched the wrong Jack Frost. It's from the late 90s, you said. The one from yeah. the late 90s. Yeah, yeah, the one from 1997. 
Oh, this one's from 98. <laughs> okay, so you watch Wait, the let's heartwarming... Stop. I'm going to go... Okay, stop. I'm going to... Can you send me a link to the one I was supposed yeah, to Yeah, it's on Tubi. I'll go ahead and do that now. All right, I'll, we'll be right back. Two hours later. Yes, so let us talk about Jack Frost, 1997, a decidedly black horror comedy directed by a this guy named... This is really different. Yes, than the other one. <laughs> so this is directed by a guy named Michael Cooney, who also directed Jack Frost 2, Revenge of the Mutant Killer Snowman. And it's kind of interesting because they added that tagline of the return of the revenge bit to make sure that like no one confused it as a sequel to the actual Michael Keaton heartwarming Jack Frost <laughs> franchise, uh, which is yeah, kind of interesting. Because no one would confuse uh, like the revenge of the mutant killer snowman as the yeah like michael keaton's nice back guys yeah. for more family like, at the, i mean at the end of that one he just like flies off into the afterlife so yeah exactly well it'd be cool if he just came back down with the, the rain of the season the light snow of the season or something maybe so michael cooney's biggest claim to fame actually is uh writing a movie from 2003 called identity starring john cusack do you remember that one where it's like a 10 people get trapped i remember the big spoiler like of it too like okay so let's let's put a spoiler tag here angelo let's talk about the spoiler there it's one person and it's like uh multiple multiple personalities personalities. Yeah. yeah so good news bad news jack frost doesn't have that no (laughs) <laughs> one personality yeah so i feel like this is forms. the uh the halloween style setup right so jack frost played by a guy named scott mcdonald who like in the first couple of scenes like literally is like overacting so much that it is actually incredible to watch uh in his like he's meanness really into it yeah he's really into this yeah so he's on his way towards his execution as one is right so he's in a paddy wagon uh which can i which collides with a, a genetic company's like tanker like truck yeah, and I I love that the uh, the executioner truck like literally says executioner on it. Like, Just how so often you know. are you running? Like, like the state executions are a pretty rare thing, from what I you know understand. And yet they have a dedicated vehicle to that, which is weird, for sure. So yeah, so uh, there is a huge accident. Um, Jack Frost suddenly gets exposed to strange chemicals, and spoiler alerts: those chemicals are actually kind of cool. Um, so they somehow no allowed, pun intended exactly. The somehow allowed Jack Frost the killer to merge with the water snow around him so that he can go from snowman to water in order to travel, which I thought was like a pretty cool low budget concept and a way around of sort of understanding how Jack Frost, the snowman keeps popping up everywhere. Right. So originally envisioned, this was supposed to be like this, like $30 million CGI kind of like straight horror movie. But the only financing that Cooney and company could get together was less than a million. Right. So, and as soon as the, uh, titular Jack Frost snowman was built the killer snowman. Everyone had a good laugh and realized that they probably have to retool the script from horror to black comedy in order to accommodate such a goofy looking snowman. Double density. So let's talk about the uh, protagonist of the movie, a guy named uh, Sam Taylor, right? So Sheriff Taylor uh, and his annoying ass family. <laughs> Like, so after this whole debacle with Jack Frost happens, um, we meet Sam coming down for breakfast. His son offers him some kind of like weird ho- homey like oatmeal. Yeah, he, and we'll yeah we'll find out more about that later. But yeah, still, like, did he like? Then he drops into a Ziploc bag and makes his dad take. Um, so uh, Tiller's on his way towards the sheriff's office, and there's like this weird, obviously like, um, scene set up to like meet the other characters of the story. So there's like a snowman building competition going on in town in a couple of days, and uh, his neighbors, the uh, the Metzners, like uh, the dad is like very serious, so he's keeping his snowman under wraps. So technically, like that would probably melt the snowman um, at some point. I guess it depends how cold it is and how sunny it is. Like, I don't think you like, if you have it under a black tarp, that would be problematic. True. So, um, Sam master, the dad is like an upside dad. The, there's the mom, the very apologetic mom, the, uh, 
elder daughter played by Shannon Elizabeth, which you the call one famous person in the movie. Exactly. Apart from Jack Frost, I, the figure. I was watching this and like, wow, this one person is like significantly better looking than everybody else in the entire cast. So I'm just going to go ahead and check my notes about her only character trait, Angela. And it says that she is exclusively horny. She was made famous by her role in American Pie. Correct. Was, Which, it, was her name Nadia? Yes, I think so. Yeah. I haven't watched American Pie for a This was uh, – so one of the weird things about this movie is that it was shot in 1993 but only released in 1997 because of financing trouble. So basically like the people that put together the financing for the film went into bankruptcy and like – so that created a longer timeline by which this was supposed to be released. So – 1993 to 1999, there's like a five, six year gap between Shannon Elizabeth um, showing up in this and then showing up in, in American Pie, right? Because this is yeah, probably shot sometime in 98. Yeah. This, I mean, yeah. American Pie and this was, you said 94 was shot? 93, 93, so. 93, yeah. So then the other person, the fourth person in the family is the the awkward son who's like weird with the sheriff who also turns out to be a bully, but we'll talk about that in a sec. So Tiller heads into the office and his like dispatcher is there and she's not willing to talk to him and he makes a joke about someone being murdered. She holds up a piece of paper that says someone's been murdered. So he heads out to the crime scene. Yeah, and he's he's had flashbacks, right, about Jack Frost. Jack Frost the person and not Jack, Jack Frost the snowman, which we need exactly. to sort of differentiate between the two. Exactly. Jack Frost the without the superpowers. Could we just call him Jack yeah. Creature and the man himself yeah, Jack Frost? Yeah. The, so the murderer, serial killer Jack Frost, right? Like, I the movie's jumbled in my head at this point, but the scene where he captures him yes. because it is earlier, right? Correct. Like, he's yeah. thinking about it in the car, yeah. and he's he's not exactly the, the... He's not exactly the most competent of police officers. He's not. And I don't know if that was intentional in the script or if they realized while shooting this that this was the way it was going to go down. Yeah, it's it's a really weird because he's not somebody you root for. No, no, like he's not kind of in the least. Video. Yeah, so, so the, no, there's nobody I really was rooting for. Like maybe Shannon Elizabeth's character because like I kind of feel like I know her. I feel it's one of those movies where you're almost like rooting for the bad guy it, because like by default he's the most interesting character and the most multi layered character, right? By far. Yeah, I yeah, like an anti-hero almost in like weird ways. Even like he's clearly a murderer, right? Like you're kind of like when you're rooting for Jason or you're rooting for Freddy, it's kind of like the same thing almost. Yeah, Pro- exactly. probably Freddy, I'd say, because of all the quipping going on or Chucky almost. True. Oh yeah, there's a lot of yeah. quips. So I think like they go visit the first murder, which is like I think they call him like Old Man Willie or something, and um, from there the Metzners all get ritually murdered, right? So the bully son. Um, gets shoved by this snowman and then gets beheaded by a sled in a sledding accident. But the son of the sheriff gets blamed for it. Correct. Also, the the other thing to think about, and going back to how he's not a very competent sheriff, when they bring up how this is an early murder in their town, he just kind of brushes it off, saying, yeah, it's far from out of town. The guy yeah. who ever killed him yeah. is long gone Yeah, by he's now. like 100 miles away, he says. Really? Yeah. Really? That's how you're going to try and solve this case? I mean, like, listen, if you just, you pretend that the killer's gone, then the, the murder is solved. I mean, he's like an ostrich. He just puts his head in the, <laughs> right, in the ground, in the snow well, in this case. The ground plays a pivotal role later on, too, so we'll talk about the ground sure. in a bit. But yeah, so um, Sam Metzner gets, uh, uh, after his son dies... Um, he goes outside and like gets real angry and Jack Frost kills him. And then Jack Frost makes his way inside where he also kills the very nice and sweet wife who clearly in a um, horrible way. Yeah. Like the, like he beats her head down and like wraps her up in like Christmas lights. Yeah. I mean, 
I didn't mind seeing the husband die because he was a jerk. Yeah, but she was like she was like a nice person. So like she was the one I didn't like seeing. Yeah, hurt. it was pretty rough. And then the, one of the 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 shopkeepers in town witnesses this and runs off and like everyone thinks he's crazy. So then soon enough. A couple of uh, figures dressed kind of commonly, kind of like old school Nick Fury. Like I'm talking about like the 60s Nick Fury, like the the Steranko, the Jim Steranko, kind of highly stylized Nick Fury. Um, and they claim to be from the FBI. And we find out at one point later on that they're actually like they're from the genetics company. So I don't understand if he was an FBI agent who also worked at, with the genetics company. Like it was very vague. None of that whole storyline is is really fleshed out no, properly. I agree. Um, so it turns out they're here to understand that something is going on and they have a hunch that Jack Frost is still alive, much to Sheriff Taylor's dismay. And uh, not only that, but like he's slithering around just, you know, getting revenge on everyone in Sam's life. He's murdering a lot of people in that town. He, that town, the numbers, like it doesn't seem like a big town either, right? It seems like it's going to go pretty. Um, What's it called? Snowdown? Snow? Yeah, Snowton, S- I think, or something Snow- like that. Yeah. yeah. So the townsfolk, I'm pretty sure it's yeah, it's just always snowing there. So they enact a curfew, and then the townsfolk go berserk, and uh, they are offered the chance to shelter in like the community center. Like it kind of looks like a gym or a community center. I'm not quite sure because he yeah. said you can shelter here, which was just a room. Yeah, which is weird. So and then like this is the confusing thing. So the the guy who saw the Metzner's bodies and ran off and thought he was crazy, then begins to offer people discounts. He, he's like the only general store in town, but. He's he's doing business wrong because in these moments of terror, you have to gouge people. Yeah, definitely. You can't just offer them discounts and hope that like things will work out, right? So a bunch more deaths happen, and then uh, let's talk about oatmeal. Remember we talked about uh, really crappy oatmeal before, like Sam's child made him oatmeal? Turns out, for some reason, some stupid, insane reason, Sam's kid put some antifreeze in it to make sure that Sam didn't get cold during his day. Okay, there's a couple of points here. Number one is he's basically a budding serial killer because he's going to try and murder his dad. The other thing is we find this out because they are stuck in the car with Jack Frost. Jack Frost kind of like just gets... So the way Jack Frost gets to places is he basically can uh, thaw out and turn into water and then refreeze himself, which is really weird. Because I was, I was thought like you just have to bring this guy inside; he'll melt. But no, that's not how it works. Yeah. So a, a quick thought there, uh, you know, um, is Jack Frost's greatest enemy climate change? Yes or no? No, because he seems to have be immune to that. He's only. But I'm talking about like, like when it gets warm outside. When we're going to drought territory, he's screwed. Maybe he's going to evaporate. Maybe. Yeah, that's true. He'll evaporate. But in this case, though, the only thing that seems to hurt him, he gets annoyed by heat. But if you, but he doesn't die if you even put him in like a furnace and no, stuff. They tried he, that at one point and just screams a bunch. Yeah, he does not like antifreeze, and that's how he found out that this oatmeal that he shoved the budding the, serial the, killer right under the sheriff's nose might be ah. the solution to everyone's problems, right? Because and he's like, yeah, well, because well, wait though, so his son is an actual serial killer in this case, and then he kills with cereal, and it's oatmeal, <laughs> so. <laughs> Like, I just thought of that now. I, I accept this. I accept this. Okay, you accept it. So look, so they're in the car. He doesn't know what to do because he's being attacked by Jack Frost. And what does he do as a sheriff, a man of the law, a trained police officer? He grabs a bag of oatmeal and shoves it in the guy's face thinking that – I don't know what he was thinking. I don't know But either. luckily, it hurt him. It melted right through his, it, it, through Jack Frost's uh, – the creature, his face. And – then he got out and asked his son, 
what did you put in that oatmeal? I put antifreeze to keep you warm. The sheriff, what does he do? He laughs it off and thinks it's great. Exactly. Your son, if you would have eaten that, you would have died. Dead. dead. At the very least, a hospital visit, if not dead. Definitely. So then what do they do? They load up a truck with antifreeze. Okay, so more going back to how this guy can't run a business. Yeah. What is his big window display of the year <laughs> around Christmas is just a pyramid of antifreeze. Correct. The smartest move one can make during the holiday season. Forget cards. Forget gifts. Antifreeze will keep your car. Um, the windshield wipers run in Well, but it's, that's not antifreeze. So that's incorrect, right? Like the term people – like when I was a kid, people used to call it antifreeze, but it's not. It's, it's windshield washer fluid. Antifreeze goes in your radiator, and you don't have to replace it that often. No. Actually, I've never replaced the antifreeze in my car because it don't gets think I done by a mechanic. Yeah. No, you don't have to. Your mechanic takes care of yeah. it. So True. I think so. Nobody's buying that amount of antifreeze, and I think they they unless they the only thing I have is that they cannot order it wholesale, so all of the garages in the area go to the general store for it. Okay, I'm just I'm saying, sure a, just saying. yeah. And I just thought that was really odd. But anyway, he loads up his truck full of antifreeze. He's emptying those bottles real quick because he would manage to fill up like a swimming pool of antifreeze in the back of his pickup truck. And they timed it perfectly to make sure that Jack Frost would fall into this thing. Which is just a lot of a series of different um, events that need to happen in perfect synchronicity. Yeah. Now, we're, we're getting towards the end of here, but what was your favorite uh, Jack Frost murder? We're going to get to that in a bit. Oh, okay, good. We're going to talk to the ending because I made a list of some cool Jack Frost kills. Oh, okay, great. Perfect. And then I have some questions for you about the... Oh, I can't wait. ...idea behind it. I studied for the test. So, yeah. So, they managed to use antifreeze on Jack Frost, or Jack Creatures, we're now calling him, and they melt him away. And they lock him into a series, a bunch of antifreeze containers, like plastic containers. Yeah. And then bury him below the ground. Remember when I said before the ground played a pivotal role in this movie? This is it. He gets buried underneath. And as the credits are about to roll, we witness that the the antifreeze starts bubbling a bit. Jack Frost is alive. He is well. He's probably going to escape. Guess what? He does for a sequel, uh, which we will not be watching this year, but exists out there, which I talked about before with the the subtitle name. Yeah. Did you, uh, when you were looking for this on Tubi, did you notice there's a Rift Tracks version of it? I did. I did. I, had I almost it. wanted to watch that, but I said, you know what? No, I'm going to watch the. Real no, you got to do the homework properly, right? So, yeah, exactly. I mean, you watch two movies. You watch the Michael Keaton one and then this one. You know, so you you kind of did double. I Jack did Frost. watch the Michael yeah. Keaton one. You might do the, the the trifecta by watching the the second killer one. And there's a newer one. So when I was looking, oh, at there's, there's a ton of Jack Frost. There's a yeah. ton. And there's one from 2017 as well. So you want to talk about some cool kills, Angela? So I made a list. Okay. So one of the first ones I really enjoyed is the snowman committing good praxis by running over one of the cops with his own cop car. I enjoyed that one greatly. I thought it was also funny that like you see a snowman drive around in a cop car, which it, he does use to go from like one location to another at one point. Yeah, I so the 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 murder I liked the most was when I guess the scientist from the genetics lab yes slowly comes out and then he vomits out Jack Frost yes. Which is really gross, but great. I agree. Um, the tripping of the bully and the beheading I also enjoyed. Yeah, nothing wrong with that. Uh, killing a horny young man, uh, Shannon Elizabeth's boyfriend or, you know, fling or whatever, using icicles. And then a, there's like this really bad shot of like the icicle going in and out of the wall, which kind of, I don't know, looked a little sexual. A little like a little piece of brain at the other end. Yeah, there. exactly. And then uh, I do have to deduct major points for the, um, the assault on Shannon Elizabeth, right? It's not a good scene. 
that was the that really bothered me actually. So Jack Frost uh, melts down to water and pretends to be the water that uh, Shannon Elizabeth is bathing in as her she's getting ready to like um And then have he warm himself up? Did he warm himself up? Yeah, that's what she was complaining about. It suddenly got cold is what she said. Yeah, okay. Um, yeah, so she was about to have some cordis with her now deceased boyfriend that she doesn't know is dead. And so she's hanging on this bathtub. And suddenly it turns into full ice and uh, – or snow, sorry. And then Jack Frost like raises her up, her naked body up, and then like rams into her a bunch of times. And then mm-hmm. there's this like really, really incredibly stupid shot. I don't know if you remember this, but – a neighbor sees a hand waving. Yeah, and wave wave back. And a wave back, right? But logistically speaking, oh, whatever. I'm not going to get into this. But the angle does not make sense. But if you look in the credits, there's a character called the idiot, and that was him. Because then you <laughs> see him later in the town as well, right. acting all weird. But I'm, I'm just saying, like it just it seems even for a spectacularly dumb movie like this, it seems like it makes zero sense. Like less sense than like the the filmic universe sense. This movie definitely for it, it's very interesting, right? So, because this movie was originally supposed to be this very expensive movie, they found like really interesting ways to cut corners. Like for example, the intro montage of like the Christmas tree and the presents explaining who Jack Frost the killer was seemed really interesting. And then the little girl voice done horribly was actually done by the the woman playing the dispatcher. Oh well, it's very reminiscent of what you'd see sometimes in those Christmas specials. Yeah, a little right? bit, like, but it was like, a, a smart way to like cut some corners. Yeah, definitely. All right, let's talk about some gripes I have. Okay. No one actually points out Jack Frost's name in relation to being a snowman during any point of the movie. And I thought that was a really big misstep. They really should have because it's right there. Another. uh, So we're talking about how Sam Tiller is like a really awful sheriff. Uh, Why did Tiller not get a phone call when the first murder in decades happens in his town? It seems kind of weird that he just he has to saunter into work. And he literally just like saunters into work. He's a very confident sheriff for somebody who's terrible at his job. Do you think he's very low in the Dunning career effect chart? Like, he's just on his way. He thinks he knows stuff, but he doesn't. Is it? Yeah. Okay. So that's, I always get the Dunning-Kruger and the Bider-Meinhof yeah, no. thing. So the Bider-Meinhof is when you keep seeing the same thing over and over again after hearing it once, right? Like, is that the, and then the Dunning-Kruger is the one where you think you're better than you really are. Isn't Bider-Meinhof the, uh, the Stanford experiment or whatever? I don't know anymore. I, I isn't it where they, they put a bunch of people together and uh, re- ask them to reenact a... a like, no, a no, that's something completely different. Prison situation? Yeah, that's something completely different. Oh, uh, no, okay, so this is talking about the Red Army faction. No, so the Bider, uh, the, the Bider-Meinhof complex is the Red uh, Army faction of uh, from Germany. That does not have anything to do with this. Yeah, so Bider-Meinhof phenomena is when you learn new information and then it keep you keep coming across it. Okay, there we go. So and the Dunning Kruger is is everybody overestimates yeah. how good they are exactly yeah. until they finally reach the apex of their ten thousand hours or whatever stupid stuff Richard Dawkins claims. Yeah, I used to like Richard Dawkins. We all did, and then he just kept opening his mouth. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> okay, so another reason why uh, Sheriff Sam Tiller is an awful sheriff is some guy show up who claims to be the FBI, and he just goes, "Of course," and. He actually asks, are you the FBI? And they say something like, yes, something like that. My friend, you're just letting people run your town on like some random words they've just said. I feel like the dispatcher was the most competent person in that police station. I agree. Uh, It was very confusing. Did she die? I can't remember. No, her and the other other cop run off. Okay. Uh, But she had a very loud late 80s hair in the early 90s, which was very confusing to me. Yeah, well, it's because, yeah, and this is like even worse because it's late 90s that it comes out. So before we talked about the serial killer child, how did no one in the house smell the antifreeze in the oatmeal when it was being made? 
that's the other thing. And how did this kid get his hand on antifreeze? And why did he think that this was good? Because he's not like three. He's like 10. No, he's old. I think he's even older than 10. Oh, is he? Yeah. So like 12? Because those kids that were older knew him. And I think he's like just a small kid in high school or something. Okay, so let's say 12. Like who, what kind yeah, of 12 year old who loves their father, right? And this isn't like he didn't do this sarcastically. He did this in a, a very naively lovely way. If this was like properly labeled antifreeze, it would have the big skull and crossbow. Exactly. Symbol which doesn't, it. which is not uh, eat this for cool effects. It's actually, yeah. you know, swallow this and die. Um, and as the sheriff, he should be like the head of the the people sending alerts cops to school yeah. to like warn them about like the symbols and remember how the, that was a big deal when we were kids wasn't it i don't feel like it's a as big a deal as made of it anymore i don't i the don't symbols i don't hang around enough kids to ask to like well, survey okay, i do children. right well i do and that's not something that i feel like they no. learn in school anymore we should you should quiz them on like different symbols and see how they do is like this is the only way you're getting christmas presents this year is if you pass this test the one that used to freak me out the most was not the skull and crossbones but the hand like with the flesh eaten off oh yeah that was never good. I miss that. I miss. I miss. I miss the symbols. I mean, it worked really well for the protagonists in Jack Frost exactly. as they melted his snow off. Yeah, exactly. So, Angela, we've reached the end of our discussion about Jack Frost. I'm kind of curious how many icicles out of five because last year every movie we ranked on a scale of one to five on something that had to do with the movie. So this week I'm going with icicles. One to five icicles. What would you give this? Well, there's a few things I I did really like that we didn't touch on yet, and. One of the things was like Jack Frost turning into the Jack Frost creature and how he sort of like completely melted away yes. when he got hit with the stuff. And he, it was really funny too. He even said, this is going to hurt. And he melted and then he was really all the better for it. Yeah. Which is, you know, uh, good for him. <laughs> he was a very jolly looking snowman too. I agree. Well, nah. and, well, like when his face, when he gets the weird creepy teeth, no, but. Well, here's my like question venom. to you. Had the child, had the serial killer child not adorned the random snowman that appeared outside for no reason this is another thing one. that happens right is that this snowman yeah. just appears out of nowhere yeah and so sam's true. like child go you know dress the snowman that you've created and the kid's like i didn't create this who would you stop for a second and be like what's going on here i guess but i mean if you if a, you he's came a confident home, right? sheriff who knows everything is cool well even the he wife who seems a, a smidge more confident like if you and your wife came home right and there was a huge snowman out front of your home and you went in and you said hey kids good job in the snowman and they said what are you talking about how would you feel about that i would wonder which kid in the neighborhood made a snowman on my lawn and i'd tell them to get off my lawn yeah exactly cocking your gun as you say so yes yeah um all right so like what are some other things you want to talk about yeah, so, how, how, well, no, I mean, that was the main thing is that we touched up, we talked about a lot of the stuff I want to talk about, but we, we kind of brushed over him becoming yes. Jack Frost, and yeah. that was actually kind of a cool scene. So how many icicles would I give this? Well, um, considering all the budget of the movie and how little money they had, I, I want to give it like a good three and like a partially melted <laughs> icicle. I was going to say, I, I was going to say three and a half, um, and the half is the bloody icicle with the brain matter. Oh, okay. Okay, yeah, uh, because I really didn't like that bathtub scene. No. It felt really unnecessary. I agree. And it's like, yeah, okay, like she's a, a gorgeous woman, and you want to have her like sort of, sort of show naked, her but off. not really. Like, like it was just but, a yeah. weird thing. And they're like, oh, you know, we got a. She's gonna be a star, and I get. I mean, she was eventually, but like not in this movie. No, and, exactly. <laughs> uh, yeah, she also had a different name. Did you notice? I did not. So 
she had her full name in the credits because I think Elizabeth is actually her middle name, and it was Shannon Elizabeth Fallon or something. Okay, something else. Something something else. Yeah, I have to say, and I was texting you while I was watching this earlier. Is just it is a very competently made movie. Which Shockingly, yeah. Which is like not always the case. I'm surprised Michael Cooney didn't get more chances at back. He only did this, Jack Frost two, and then he shot a bunch of like docu series stuff um, for ESPN. I want to say, and I'm surprised because like this is an, a very competent movie that I just I found myself enjoying it uh, despite the one aspect of it that you were talking about. But like overall, I would watch this again in a couple of years, probably enjoy myself. At a few points, did it feel to you like a Canadian production? <laughs> Almost. Do you mean just in the way that it was like shot in the yeah, greatest of the it? Yeah. It was sh- yeah. Yeah. I felt pretty like I, I'm surprised like Eugene Levy didn't show up. Oh, that's, that would be, and especially like early nineties, Eugene Levy. He's like yeah, another, another American pie alum. Exactly. Um, or Joe Flaherty, right? Another SCTV yes. alum, like just one yeah. of those guys in the background kind of saying something. I agree though. Um, it felt slightly Canadian, but also like, I feel like the choice of making it into a horror comedy due to budget constraints was the smartest move they could have done because Definitely. I think you and I wouldn't be standing here talking about or sitting, you're sitting, I'm standing, um, talking about Jack Frost. If it had been just another ho-hum horror movie necessarily. Uh, no, again, no pun intended. A ho 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 hum horror movie. Yes, there we go. Yeah, yeah. Well done. So yeah. you gave it also three and a half, three and a half uh, icicles out of five. Yeah, yeah. Okay. So there's a couple of things that we want to talk about next week. I'm going to force you to watch a movie that you're probably not going to love, Angelo. Oh, too bad. We're going to be watching. Uh, if anyone wants to follow along, um, as it stands right now, next week I'm forcing Angelo to watch a movie called Ginger Dead Man versus the Evil Bong. I can't wait. So Ginger Dead Man. Do you know who voices the Ginger Dead Man? I'm going to guess a wrestler. No. Of some kind. No. Oh, it's bad. I, I want you to take an honest I was going to say like The Miz or something. <laughs> no, no. This is older. This is older. Like the first Ginger Dead Man got made in the early, in the mid 2000s. Oh, okay. And it is, it is definitely an actor that you know, unfortunately slash fortunately. Oh, man. Is it Jean-Claude Van Damme? Closer. Oh, really? Closer. I'll give you one more shot. It is someone with a really original looking face. Is it uh, what's his guy? What's his name? Mike? Danny? Was it Danny Trejo? No, it is Gary Busey. Oh, okay. Well, so we're good. gonna watch. We're gonna watch Gary Busey fight an evil bong. Okay, because uh, technically the Ginger Dead Man is a holiday franchise, and I wanted to watch the bottom of the barrel of the of the entire franchise. I promise you all that there's better out there that we're going to cover in the following weeks, um, especially a, a movie that came out last year that I'm a little bit excited about. But uh, before that, we've got to do Ginger Dead Man versus Evil Bong. So if you want to follow along, it's available on Tubi. You can probably find it for free on YouTube in a black market manner if you seriously just want to watch that too. But yeah, um, we're going to continue with our second installment of Ho Ho Horror next week. We're going to keep it light, I think, on the tech again. I really liked the idea of talking five, ten minutes about stuff um, that is related to like pop culture and tech and then just move on. Because uh, December's kind of a quiet time in theory right for for, for tech, tech news yeah. well because they've got all their stuff out that they want to sell yeah. for the holidays so yeah. there's not I, like nobody's coming out there i think uh well, ios 17.2 is coming out in a few weeks but it's like that's free and it'll just be on your <laughs> iphone and you'll be happy with it so uh, barring the major implosion of any um tech platforms uh we're probably gonna <laughs> which is well like, actually you know what no that's not as crazy as <laughs> yeah no i mean yeah. twitter's kind of like falling apart for and, sure uh, are you kidding me yeah uh you know elon musk telling uh advertisers to 
go f themselves go, go like fork that? themselves yeah, yeah exactly um, i'm watching the good place right now so you were the third person this week who's mentioned watching either watching or rewatching the good place so i don't know what the vibes yeah, i'm rewatching are. it because my daughter is watching it wanted to watch it and uh, so it's, it's perfect for her because she's learning about ethics and it's basically a show about that oh about yeah ethics. absolutely so, but then you have to make yeah. sure that she's not taking the wrong things away right no 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 she hasn't she she knows that we should hit one person with the trolley and not five okay i love that idea okay so. smartly raising parents here on uh or smartly raising children here on double that's not parents because you're the parent angelo and with that my friend it has been a pleasure to talk about a very chilly villain in jack frost this has been it for episode 251 of the double density podcast and angelo do you want to tell people where they can find us super quickly before we depart www i'm going with it again double density.net contact form go there contact form easiest way it comes right to me. It comes right to my door. It's true. Through a vacuum Fast. tube. Like, where's Carmen San Diego style? You get like. Is it a, a, is it a vacuum tube? Is that what they. Yes. What I'm, yeah. Yeah. They okay. use vacuum tubes. Yeah. Uh, okay. Double density podcast at gmail.com and also double density podcast over on Instagram. And finally, double underscore density over on the health site if you so wish to, to do that. This week, Rob from Our Strange Tries gave us a really, really nice shout out for our episode about Heaven's Gate, which was really nice to see. And uh, it really made my. This, week. Is, this is on the X platform? It is the X platform, correct. Not yeah, the right. X PayPal platform. No. It's confusing. Exactly. Who, he had a hand in that too, so there we go. Well, he wanted to name PayPal X, so I just think about that for a while. Oh, and then he has a car named X? True. Yeah, the Cybertruck's rolling out, and uh, they're not looking good. Um, no. So, yeah, uh, screw that guy. Anyways, yeah. this has been it. Tune in next week as Angelo and I decide which one of us would make the more handsome snowman. Angelo, I will see you there in a uh, frozen, glorious nature. I can't wait to see how you look. <laughs>